0: Hey guys, what's going on today? We're going to have a little bit of a longer podcast, a little bit longer of a narrative for me on Friday. We're going to have part two of the friendship pyramid discussion with coach Andy, and we're going to have that conversation on Wednesday and we'll post it up and talk about kind of all the ins and outs of that. And I know some of you guys were looking forward to that today. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that we can't get together until Thursday for our schedules. And then we'll have that podcast out for you guys on Friday. So you can go into the weekend, super motivated on nutrition and kind of ready to get going and dialed in. Uh, This one, guys, is something that's pretty uh, passionate and close to my heart on this. These are sort of my three factors for how I define growing happiness and, you know, I wanted to make this one today because we've been having some discussions lately, both with coaching staff, but with a lot of clients who are getting to this point of kind of long term, I guess you'd say plateauing as it pertains to happiness or contentedness. And I don't think that people understand or think and take time to really dive in and peel back the layers to what their sort of happiness factors are like. What are things that, you know, if if they get better or if you get more time for or if you have less stress from that, you are automatically going to be happier. And that's where this discussion kind of stems from. And the end of the discussion, I know it's a long podcast, but the end of the discussion is actually probably, I think, the, the most meaningful or the best part. So I hope that you guys can kind of uh, work your way through this one. I know that obviously when we get uh, into the 50 minutes, I'm outside of a lot of your commute time. So hopefully you can take your dog on a walk when you get home from the gym. This is what I do for longer podcasts is I'll like listen on my commute. And then if I get home and it's not done yet, I'll go and take Blitz for a little 20 to 30 minute walk. All right, guys, what's going on today? We're going to talk a little bit about a subject that I've been kind of studying and researching on, and I've talked about it a little bit in the last couple of podcasts, but one of the things I've been really focused on is paying attention and reading and watching a lot of videos and listening to podcasts of people who I would consider to be really, really happy, right? And I've sort of started to implant the word happy with success, right? Right because I think a lot of people, when they think success, they think like, oh, they start, you know, Jeff Bezos, like they started Amazon and, you know, they created thousands of jobs and they're super rich and blah, 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 blah. And to me, that doesn't really mean anything. And I think actually a lot of times, like we just saw, you know, Jeff Bezos got divorced. And, you know, I think that there's an argument to be made that divorce can lead to a happier lifestyle and people can, you know, fall, I don't know, out of love with each other. Lifestyles and circumstances can change and so on. But one of the things we think about is when we're researching people who focus instead on happy. I think one of the things that you find is they define what happiness is. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. When I have this conversation with a lot of people, they don't necessarily like they can't articulate it. Right. So, you know, we sit down, we talk with new people, we're talking with people through goal setting meetings and stuff. And they'll say something that I consider to be arbitrary. Right. I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. That is a very surface level thing that people, you know, think is going to give them happiness. But in reality, what we need to be thinking about instead is having sort of a framework for what true you know, happiness and success in happiness really looks like and what that means for us. And I think a lot of people who are saying something like, I want to lose 15 pounds in reality are saying that a big piece of happiness to me is looking and feeling confident and, you know, not stressing at all about the way that I look and feel. And I think a lot of people, when they first come in and they say, I want to lose 10 or 15 pounds, really they're saying, I'm not able to focus in on my happiness because I'm so stressed and worried and upset and negative about how I feel and how I look. And I want that feeling to go away. And I think if we were able to define some of these things a little bit more, it would be much more achievable. Number one, like having surface level goals and thinking that that what we just talked about is actually associated with the number on a scale. Like it's not right. It's not at all. And what you get then is a lot of people will go ahead and they'll lose the 15 pounds. But, though, maybe like you can crash diet and lose 15. I mean, I got sick one time. I lost like 15 pounds in two days. Right. Like, but I definitely didn't love the way I felt. I definitely didn't feel confident about it. And, you know, for me, it's like I didn't I didn't like the way I looked. And so it's like, but I lost 15 pounds. And if you don't attach the right things to the right whys or the right reasons, then happiness will be fleeting and it will sort of always evade you. And it'll be one of these things that you're not actually able to ever kind of grasp onto. And when I think of happiness, I think of sort of this never ending scale upwards, right? We should always be trying to be more happy. And I think contentedness and comfort are two of the big things that stand in people's way. And just the phrase, the most dangerous phrase is like, you know, that good enough. And it's repackaged in a thousand different ways. But basically, when people say anything that kind of gets to the fact of like, Yeah, I'm not ever going to get any better than at that or, you know, I'm not ever going to, you know, be at that level again or, you know, I'm never going to look like I did when I was 25 and all these things. And they basically say, like, you know, look like I've given up on, you know, an upwards trajectory because they're focused on surface level things they're thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going to use females because I think females are easier with this. But they're going to say, you know, oh, I weighed, you know, 150 in college and, you know, I'm never going to be 150 again. And it's like, well, let's repackage that. Right. Maybe in college, let's say you were, you know, hot and sexy and you're feeling yourself and all the guys were paying attention to you and all this stuff. So you had this really positive self-image and you felt confident and comfortable with your body when you were in college. And now that maybe you're 40 and you're a little bit heavier, you've lost that feeling. And it has nothing to do with 150, has nothing to do with that number. It has to do with sort of reclaiming that attitude or that feeling, that emotional tie to it. And you can achieve that without the number on the scale, right? You can achieve a healthy, comfortable, confident, you know, feeling with your body through good relationships, you know, a supportive husband who tells you like, you know, I love you and I still find you as attractive as I did when you were in college. And, you know, you have a a healthy sexual relationship and all these other things. And that's a big piece of it. And then the other piece of it is how you use your body, and what you do with your body. And all these other things are going to drive better posture and more confidence. And if you know that you're eating healthy and you're working on that, you know that you're exercising a lot and you're working on that. And all of those things are as dialed in as they can be. You're going to start to develop a good, confident, comfortable feeling and you're going to start to be proud of it. You're going to start to you know want to show it off again. And you're not going to care if it's 150 or 160 or 165 or 170. It doesn't matter. Right. Because you're going to feel really good because you know that you're doing everything in your control and you're going to regain that happiness because you've repositioned your focus on what you're trying to achieve rather than the actual like tactile you know thing that you're kind of arbitrarily creating to in your head create that. Right. So I'm going to talk you guys through a little bit of my kind of three pillars for my own happiness. And the first one for me is freedom. And this is one of those things where, you know, I couldn't articulate when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, I could not articulate to you what I was searching for, like what I wanted. Right. And I didn't know. So I kind of had I went through all of these things and I like I started to hate school and resent school. And then, you know, my parents were like, well, you got to You know, you got to stay in school. You got to keep doing this. And my friends were like, oh, we're going to go to college and we're going to do this. And it's like I felt suffocated by all of these things. <clears throat> and really now, when I look back in reality, what I felt suffocated by was this lack of choice, right? I didn't feel like I had the freedom to make my own decisions. I also didn't feel like I I didn't know this, right? So I was sort of arbitrarily like sneaking around and trying to figure this out. But as I look back now, freedom and freedom of choice and freedom of thought and all these things are super, super, super important to me. And really for me, that's That's enjoyment and happiness factor number one. And so I prioritize this with all things. I think about it all the time. I'm like, will this give me more freedom, more freedom of choice, more freedom of time, you know, more freedom of thought and knowledge? Or will this constrict me more? And that makes a lot of my decisions extremely simple and as we kind of go through a lot of, you know, changes in the business and changes in, you know, Mind and Maria's lifestyle and some of the things that we're trying to, you know, get better at, a lot of these things are, you know, I'm never going to sign up for something where where freedom is you know taken away from me. And I think that this is a big reason why I have problems with, you know, schools and college. I don't think that they provide a lot of freedom of, you know, choice or exploration or you know, real, real freedom of thought would be truly creating your own curriculum. As soon as schools started saying like, well, we've got GECs. And then if you want to graduate, you have to follow this exact path for that degree. And if you want to change degrees, you have to start over and you have to pay us more money. You have to do all this stuff. And then we're going to lock you up in these student loans that are going to restrict your freedom for the rest of your life and blah, 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 blah. All of those things, they're very restrictive to freedom. And you can ask anybody who's got fifty, a $100,000 of student loan debt right now, who's 25 to 35 years old, and ask them, do you feel like right now you are free to make decisions with your financial future, with your family's lifestyle, with where you go and what you do for a living? Do you feel truly free knowing that you've got this $840 payment every single month for the next 10 years? And I think a lot of people and when we you know when we talk about millennials and we talk about some of the struggles that they face I think that what they most millennials don't ever get a grasp on until it's I'm guessing until it's 20 years down the road maybe is they're frustrated because they really haven't had or been able to figure out that they haven't had a freedom of choice in a lot of these matters and And they've made these lifelong decisions that are impacting them right now. And so then you feel constricted, right? You've got like this big, the system, right? Is like this big snake and it's just like coiling in on you and it's just got you in their grasp. And there's just nothing you can do to free yourself of it for a lot of these people. It's like, you know, you make a couple of these decisions when you're still trying to figure shit out. You're 18 years old. You don't know what signing on a student loan document is going to mean for the future. And then you get into a degree and you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess, you know, business, because I don't know, like whatever. because that's what I don't know. My dad's in business. I'm going to do business. Right. So you just make some arbitrary choice and you get out and you're 22 and you're just like, oh, (laughs) shit, like. I didn't really feel like that maybe wasn't even what I want to do. And you never stopped and understood that freedom of choice and freedom of decisions and freedom from, you know, constriction financially and constriction from, you know, what you do with your own lifestyle uh, is like a very real detractor from happiness. I think that's factor number one for me. And one of the things that I am most grateful for and thankful for is, really like you have to work twice, five, 10 times as hard as your peers. A lot of times I think to, to kind of walk my path. Um, but on the back end of that, I'm very thankful for the fact that I was able to struggle through a lot of those, you know, long hours and long days and long nights to be able to come out on the back end of it with a relatively free life. A life where I have no debt, I'm relatively free in my schedule and you know, right now I feel very confident that I, Marie and I could just make a decision and just say like, Hey, we're going to sell the gym and move to Ireland and start a business in Ireland. Right. Uh, which if you don't know, Ireland's paying like huge sums of money right now for entrepreneurs to go and, uh, <laughs> go and live there. So that's the reason I, I use that. I read an article the other day talking about how, uh, they're trying to attract entrepreneurs in most or most countries, most, uh, you know, governments are trying to get people who are action takers and entrepreneurs and want that freedom and want that work ethic. uh, They're trying to attract them to their countries. And I'm just so thankful that, you know, you're able to go through that work process. And on the back end of that, there is sort of this freedom. And when you can like, you know, breathe, breathe that fresh air and feel that, It's very liberating. Right. And I think in for a lot of people who go a more traditional path than I did, I think what that freedom is for a lot of people is the freedom when you pay off your student loans or when you pay off your house or when you pay off your car. Right. And all of a sudden you start looking at it like I love looking at Maria's face when we paid off all of her credit cards and then we paid off her student loan debt. And like you see her and it's like now we've just got her car and it's like a minimal amount. And like when we get that paid off, like that look where she's like, I have no debt. And really what you get to say then is like, I'm I'm free, like I'm free from all this constriction and it feels awesome. So for me, freedom is number one. Uh, That affects a lot of my decisions for, you know politics and, you know, all my decisions for business and all these other things. Like it's, it makes decisions very simple is it's very binary for me. Will this constrict me more or will this give me more freedom? And I'm almost always going to take the path that provides me more freedom. Um, unless it's going to really benefit like greater society or our community in some way. So the second one for me then is relationships. And relationships are one of those things that are so positive some and additive that it's it's shocking and staggering to me how much people like just detract from this happiness factor. And if you guys, I talked with Star Fox years ago about this and he's telling this story and he talked about, I think it was his dad. It might've been one of his friends. I'm not positive, but he was talking about how he grew up and he was you know, looking at this guy and he just had all of these contacts. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you need a you need a mortgage loan. I've got a guy you need a drywall work. I've got a guy you need, you know, dishwasher and appliances. I've got a guy you need a landscaper. I've got a guy, you know, whatever it is like he was just ultra connected. He had all of these relationships. You know, I think about it as like a cell phone and it's like, you know, how many usable contacts are you, you know, communicating with every day when we look through, you know, your text messages and those things, like how many, how much variety do you have in the people and spaces and communications that you have every day? And the cool part about this is it's very compounding. Right. If you're open to building and developing more new relationships, good relationships happen, like happiness, building relationships, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to become this person who is like sort of like and I think this is this is kind of Star Fox. And I think he prides himself on this now, but you sort of become this like connector. Right. I always think about like the center of this huge spider web and you can be the person who is constantly able to help people out. It's one of the things that people love most about Star Fox and and Justin and other people. There's a ton of people around the gym that are like this is they're connectors, and they're able to bring happiness to your life just by introducing you to somebody. One of the things I'm most thankful about with the gym is all of the relationships that we've created. But now when you start to look at it, one of the things that's also challenging for me and one of the things that Maria and I talk about a lot is a lot of times, once people find their relationship, once people have that person, they like grab on really tight to that one person and they're like, cool, you're the only person I care about now. And they cut the spiderweb off at like two people. And that phenomenon to me is fascinating. I truly don't understand it. It's, it's, At no point is having more good relationships in your life going to be a net negative. And one of the things I think humans struggle with a lot, one of the types of relationships that I'm always trying to work on is, and I think this is what everybody sort of needs to work on is let's like, let's aspire to have tons, like hundreds and hundreds of good relationships that have absolutely no obligation like I think that's the goal, right? And so when I think about relationships, it's like I want to have great relationships. Omar and I talk about this all the time. One of the things I love most about him is it can be, uh, you know, hey, like let's go and grab some coffee and let's hang out. And then like last minute, I can just text him. I can be truly honest. I don't have to lie. And this is one of the things that a lot of people do because they don't really have this connection with their relationships. I can say, hey. I'm tired. I just want to stay home tonight and I'm going to go to bed early. Love you. I'll see you soon. Right. And I don't have to make up something and come up with some excuse that I've created to get out of going to dinner with Omar because we both just understand that it's a great relationship. And when, when it works for us to hang out like awesome, but there's no obligation to, you know, get gifts or give cards but we do that stuff kind of anyway. And when I start to feel like relationships have a ton of obligations, those aren't really the relationships that we look forward to being in. Those aren't the relationships that we look forward to diving into and giving our all to because we feel more obligated than we do, again, going back to freedom right? If we're free to just like love and hang out with each other and have a great relationship and connect and communicate, smile and laugh and have fun and just be free to kind of do whatever we want against that freedom of decision. I think a lot of humans struggle with this with sense of kind of obligation. And I think a lot of people for holiday season, this is where they start to struggle is they feel a lot of sense of family obligations. Right. And one of the things I think we all want to work on for our families, especially our extended families, is having the ability to just say, like, you know, hey, I don't want to do that this year. Like, I'd be happy to have you guys over and we can hang out by the fire and we can do this. But, you know, I don't want to you know, go to the church brunch service with everybody and put on a pastel polo and khakis and, you know, go and have small talk with 50 people who I'll never see for the next year. And if we can have more of those open, honest communication with our relationships, I think we're going to have better relationships. I think we're going to have more relationships. And we're also going to have freedom of happiness in our relationships. But one of the things that people struggle with with this is they don't see that it's additive. They don't see that it's, it's exponential growth, right? Meeting somebody today, like this is always the live in wonderment thing that Maria talks about that I try to really embody as it comes to relationships, having one good, meaningful connection today you never know what that is going to net you in the future you never know how much happiness and laughter and fun and excitement that that is going to bring you with that relationship you never know how much you know connection and you know that might be the person who introduces you to your wife who lets you have three or four kids who are amazing who you love and think back to the first time you met your wife and how you made that connection. Like, was it through another person? And what would it, what would your life be like had that person never made a connection for you? And if we're always just one conversation or one relationship away from more happiness, better relationships, better happiness, more stuff, more fruit in our life. Why are we not all obsessed? Why is that not our first goal is to reach out to people and communicate and hug and talk and just just build relationships all day long? I think a lot of the reason why is because we are consumed by that feeling of potential obligation. Like we, we don't want to go out of our way to meet somebody because maybe... That person is going to be like needy or clingy and they're going to come with all these obligations and they're going to get, you know, butt hurt if you cancel dinner on them and they're going to gossip and they're going to talk shit behind your back and they're just going to be kind of one of those types of people which again, like I'm not telling you, you don't, you don't want that relationship in your life. Anyway, we were watching Rocky three the other night with my nephew. And there's a part where Polly's kind of going down a negative path and, you know, Rocky, he, he busts the pinball machine, the Rocky pinball machine and Rocky has to pull him out of jail. And, you know, he's just feeling sorry for himself and he's sad. He's not happy and he's in a negative place. And, You know, Rocky just tells him, like, you know, a friend doesn't owe, you know, a friend doesn't owe you anything. A friend does because he wants to. Right. And that's that's it. If you if you feel like you owe or there's obligations to people, then they're not really a friend. Right? They might be an acquaintance, but they're not a friend. You don't owe anything to your friends. You should feel freedom in your relationship to friends. Freedom to not talk for a year and still love each other. I still, I just got a surprise text message from my roommate in the army who I love and was one of my best friends and, and he went through some rough times and we still kept communicating through that and just shot me a text. We caught up for 10 or 15 minutes <laughs> and it's nothing's past we could hang out right now if he was rolling that he rolled through Columbus first thing i said like hey do you have an hour and he was like no nah, i got to get up i'm driving up to new york i got to be there by tonight and he was just rolling through but just sent me a text message thought of me and there's no like oh that sucks like why didn't you reach out to me earlier we could have done this or could have done that and i could have you know obligated him to some dinner along the way but we need to have that freedom from obligation to understand that i'm still going to love you I'm still going to care about you regardless of... You know, if you come to dinner with me or, you know, if you come to my wedding or if you come to my bachelor party or if you come to Christmas with the family or whatever it is like the freedom from obligation is what true friendship is. And so I think about that a lot when my relationships, when I'm growing and developing them is how many new good relationships can I develop? And I also think a lot about how I am as a friend and making sure that I impose no obligation on anybody as much as I possibly can help it. And I think that's a hard thing because we don't think about that kind of stuff a lot, but your reaction to what people are doing, like just sit back and think like, you know, there have been nights where I just want to go home and take a hot shower and go to bed at six o'clock. And if that day or that night just happens to be on the night of somebody's bachelor party and I decide not to go out like that shouldn't damage the relationship. Right. Like you understand that because you've been there before. All of us have been there before. We're just exhausted and just a night in, you know, with like a movie on the couch and going to bed after a long week sometimes just feels great. And if you're imposing like negativity or an obligation on those people then you're not re- they're not your friends. You don't actually care about them. You're more consumed with like perceptions, you're selfish and you're focusing on the wrong things in your relationships. So that's factor number two for me is relationships. So again, making decisions for me is relatively easy. Is this going to net me more positive relationships? Or is this going to net me less positive relationships? Is this going to offer me more opportunities to meet my next amazing person in my life? Somebody who's going to bring me, you know, all of this love and happiness and smiles and laughter and, you know, help us network and, you know, grow the gym and and really, truly care about Maria and I and her family and all of those things, you know, or is it going to impose obligations on me? Am I going to constantly be feeling like, you know, oh, this person asked me to go and, and, you know, go out to breakfast with them. And I know if I don't go, like, they're going to be all, you know, butthurt about it. And they're going to tell all their, tell all these people about, you know, how, like, I don't care and blah, 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 and all this stuff. When like, in reality, I just have other focuses. And it's a really challenging thing for people who impose a lot of obligations on other people to look inward and have that self-awareness to understand that they're doing that to people. And so like it kind of gets in this weird catch 22 where like you want to separate yourselves from them. They don't understand why you're doing that. And then they think it's like a you problem when in reality, like it just comes down to like, you're just kind of imposing pure obligations on people and you're not necessarily depositing, right? It's like you're constantly withdrawing, like you're taking time, you're imposing obligations, but you're not depositing anything out into those relationships. So I think that's one of those big things is, you know, constantly be growing relationships, constantly be looking for new people who can add value to your life and bring happiness and introduce you to other awesome people And you'll start to notice that awesome people attract awesome people. And people who are, you know, carefree and easygoing and don't impose any obligations, they like to hang out with other people who are carefree and easygoing and don't impose obligations, and that should just kind of be like our goal. And I think that as we get more and more into this like social media networking um, or like electronic communication, I think people feel like they can stay connected to people because they look at their Instagram pictures. It's like, yeah, like I'm still connected to these people because, you know, they, I saw that they just like went on vacation and I know everything that they're doing all the time. And honestly, like once you get off social media, you realize really quickly, like there's probably 150 to 250 people in your life who you have zero connection with anymore, who are by all intent and purposes, just completely cut out of your life. But because you are still on social media, looking at their profile, following them for whatever reason, you still feel this like weird sense of relationship connection to them. Right. And so if you just cut that out, then you're free to make new relationships and meet new people and, you know, grow your networks that way. So that's number two. And then Third is having a positive impact in the community. And this is one of the big things for me that I think is really, really, really important from a happiness perspective, at least for my happiness. And everybody's individualistic in this sense. And having a positive impact in the community, I think, generally gives us this sense of achievement and fulfillment. And I think a lot of times when we look at our professional lives, because professional, you know, really what we're thinking about here is like, you know, our personal lives for the relationships and the freedom and then our professional lives from the freedom and the positive impact in our community and our professional lives are a big part of our lives. And if we're not feeling like we're accomplishing things and we're not feeling like we have any achievements or, you know, real contributions, we're not necessarily going to be fulfilled by that work. And I think on a long enough timeline, if enough time passes, and again, this is just for me, this, these are my happiness factors. You might not be the same, but I think on a long enough timeline, if you go through and you don't feel that positive impact in the community, you know, you don't grow and build relationships you don't help people you know solve problems and solve pain and you know have a more convenient better life if you're not working towards some of those things then i think you're going to end up kind of looking back years in the future and being relatively unhappy with the majority of your professional career and if you can stop and think about having that positive impact in the community, again, this becomes it makes decisions pretty easy, right? It's will this more positively impact in my professional career will i be able to impact our community better right and you can kind of do this in any job right let's say you know like let's take grant like he he trades and sells natural gas right and he's able to give people better rates and more customer service than the big guys right and if that's what he's doing, then in reality, he should be making life easier for large businesses and residential consumers. And that ease of life is a net benefit because it provides better freedom and the customer service provides relationships. And those relationships might in turn you know, net grant more business where he can help more people. And that connection that that person made is a positive for both people right if one of grant's customers says you know what i love this service you've saved us money and i love getting to know you and you always pick up the phone when i call which in customer service now is like unachievable and you always solve my problems and you always help me when i need help and so i've got this friend over here and he owns this you know huge company with you know 13 different locations across the country and i think you'd really be able to help him out And so then that guy makes the connection and Grant meets this person who owns this big company. And now he's got a potential contract for 13 people and he's able to help that company. So that makes that guy or girl who owns the big company thankful to his friend who made the connection and thankful to Grant. It makes Grant happy for the original connection and the new connection because it's going to be good for his business. And he's able to help more people out. And so he's having a positive impact in his community. And Those are those things like, I think when we start to look at that, that's a decision factor that's a happiness factor like I think having freedom you know financial freedom uh, time freedom you know knowledge freedom like educational freedom and some of those things political freedom those those are sort of obvious happiness factors I think everybody understands that like when we start to take away freedoms like when you're in jail it's gonna be relatively hard to have happiness and when we take away relationships it's gonna be pretty hard for you to be happy right Right. So like take both together. Let's put you in solitary confinement in jail. That's going to be pretty hard for you to achieve a level of happiness without those things. When we start looking at having a positive impact in our community, I think a lot of people don't ever think about this one, but it's one of the things that I've really started to try to focus on more. And it's hard. It's not easy to find ways and, you know, talk yourself into kind of how the decisions you're making are either positively or negative, negatively impacting the community that you're a part of. But when you start to make the decisions, it's pretty staggering how quickly you start to find more freedom and better relationships. So it all kind of ties in together. Right. But it's amazing how much better it makes you feel. And. We, these are things like the thing I love about relationships and positive impact in the community. Like you can always do more. Like I tell people all the time, I tell our coaches, like there's always these situations where it's like, they're like, gosh, like, I just wonder, like, could I have done more? Could I have, could I have helped more? Could I have done this? Could I have done that? And I'm like, look, we're all just trying our best. There is an unlimited amount of ways that we could all wake up tomorrow and decide we're going to positively impact our community because we're going to do X and Y and Z and all these things. And there's so much stuff that needs help with, right? There's, you know, there's, we need help with, you know, more dog rescues. We need help, you know, our, you know, autistic kids and special needs kids. They need more help and our mental health for our high school students and for our young people. And just generally for our site, like they need help. And there's just like, there's an unlimited amount of things that need more positive impact in our community and it can become truly overwhelming to figure out what you're going to take on to build that but if you have that as a focus if you just understand that that is a happiness factor at least for me it is and I think that if you guys started to find and think about decisions with that, I think you would find that it is a happiness factor for you also. Then you can just start to look at a couple of decisions, a couple of professional decisions to think about how you are fulfilled based on your positive community impact and if you feel like professionally like let's say you're like a big wig litigator defense attorney and like you defend murderers and drug dealers and criminals and like you're like like i don't really know if i'm having a positive impact in our community like i'm definitely maybe on a further spectrum from like you know, an elementary school teacher who's clearly probably having quite a positive impact in the community because that job's ridiculously hard. Um, if that's kind of where you're at, then you can start to think about, okay, but then how can I take that? Like, what do we know that, you know, big wig defense attorneys are going to have, they're going to have some money, right? They might not have a lot of time, but they're going to have money. They're going to have influence. So maybe they support, you know, local, you know, youth sports teams, and they're able to help these local youth sports teams pay to have better coaches and better facilities. And that, is going to help keep some of those kids, you know, in a better mental place. They're going to have better role models. They're going to have, you know, safer environments, and they're going to be more apt to stay in sports rather than going out and, you know, playing video games or even worse, like, you know, doing drugs and, you know, getting pregnant at 14 and like all these other things. And that can be a really big positive impact in the community. So there's really a never-ending boat to how you can positively impact your community. But I do think for a lot of millennials, because we're so constricted with our freedom and because our relationships have really become very artificial by nature with social media and electronics and text message and all these things. I think we're really pushing that fulfillment and positive community impact. I think we're pushing that stuff pretty far to the side for now. And I think that that's a big restrictor of freedom. When we start talking about what you're doing, like how are you working towards your happiness? I think we need to be able to take a couple of steps back and be able to articulate our deeper values for these things, because then we can start to take steps and we can make decisions with those things in mind. So for me, those are my big three freedom relationships and having a positive impact in the community. And if you guys haven't seen, we're really excited. We're going to be having a new location soon. I'll have a lot more information on that in the future. Uh, A little bit more of like a big bomb drop once we start feeling like uh, we're getting closer to it. But if we think about it, let's just take that decision and think about how it's going to impact these three happiness factors. Okay. So freedom, owning my own business, provides me freedom, right? It also restricts my freedom in the short term, right? I'm going to have to do, have a lot of 80, 90, hundred hour weeks. I'll probably sleep at the new gym for a while while we're doing construction and we're trying to develop it. And there'll be a lot of long days and nights. It'll be a huge challenge for me to develop new coaches and develop new leaders and, you know, make sure that the, the coaching product and the product on the floor and the classes and the youth program and the development that Maria has, like, try tried, tried replicating maria, right? Like super challenging, okay? But on the back end of that, I know that that will provide me with more freedom. Right? The more that sort of I own my own business, the further and the more successful those businesses are if I work my butt off and I do the right things, then on the back end of that, that should provide me the freedom to be able to make any decision as it pertains to the other two relationships and having a positive impact in the community. If we have a very successful business with awesome coaches and all these things, it's very easy for me to say, Hey, absolutely. Let's bring in a seminar or let's start a you know, special needs program at the gym and to, to do these things, to make these things happen. It gives me the freedom to have more relationships and a more positive impact in our community. And hopefully on the back end, like you also hope that it's going to give my family more financial independence and, you know, more distance from like initially, obviously, like there'll be debt and challenges and all these things and all these risks. But on the back end of that, you hope that that pays off. So it will provide me in the long run, more freedom, short term, maybe less, but this is a long-term game. we talk about this stuff all the time, right? You have to take risks sometime in the short term and you have to risk losing freedom in the short term so that in the long run, we can be more free, right? Or, you know, more happy. However, you want to look at that. Second, is this going to provide me more positive relationships? Absolutely. 100%. When I think about all of the best non-familial relationships in my life, they're all from amazing people who have walked through the facility at friendship. And some of those people, you know, Jay and Tom and Grant, they were prior relationships, but they were just made better, stronger, happier from that facility. And really now when I look at it, the the networks and all of the decisions that Marie and I have made, even meeting my wife and having this family and owning this home. Those are all things that came from relationships, from friendship one. And when we look at you know Lewis Center, that's just a new potential for all these new, amazing, possible relationships. And I think that gets me more excited than anything is who's going to be the next amazing family and people who come into that facility and motivate me to, you know, want to have kids or, you know, who's going to be the person who comes in and makes me laugh harder than I've ever laughed in my life. Who's going to become, you know, who's makes me smile every time I see him, who's going to come in and teach me something because they're going to be, you know, just so you know, passionate about some new topic that I've just never even thought about. Like maybe somebody's going to come in, and they're just going to be like this climate change scientist expert, and they're going to come in, they're just passionately going to educate me on this climate change. And we're just going to, you know, dive into making all of the friendship facilities like ultra green. And there's all these things, like all these potential new relationships and opportunities that we're just going to be, you know, exponentially compounding. Right. And that to me just gets really exciting. And I'm super happy about just even just that opportunity, like makes me giddy. So I'm already just happy, even without any of the relationships, just because I know of the possibilities that it provides. And then third, positive impact in the community. And I hope that this one's pretty obvious. But, you know, obviously, our goal is to have a major impact in the way that the Columbus community looks at health and fitness you know, looks at the mental health and mindset development, looks at the nutritional health and how we're eating and the knowledge and information and how that is put out. And when we look at friendship one, a lot of stuff happens under the surface and like people just don't pay attention to it. But how many of the how many of the how much of the way you eat how much of the way you exercise has been influenced by the person to the left or right of you, or who has been influenced by me or one of the coaches, or Maria or Andy or Jenny? How much of that has been influenced by the people around you? And you are happier, healthier, sexier, you know, gonna live longer, have a better life, all these things because of that just facility being there. And so that's kind of one huge positive impact is we're going to grow and develop the mindset. My hope is that we get, you know, hundreds of people in there who go back and start from podcast one and, you know, commit themselves to personal development, mindset development. They come to seminars with Jack and, uh, you know, whatever else we're doing from a mindset perspective, and they commit to that development, to being mentally stronger and having a more resilient mindset secondarily then i also hope that we start to think about how we are nutritionally and physically exercising uh, sorry (laughs) nutrition how we eat and how we are exercising let's just keep it simple and we're focused on making that in our community better so we get less of the like but why is bad like it's on the bottom of the food pyramid and it's like oh my gosh we are so screwed like our just the media and society and schools and all this stuff like just screwed so many people and we have a ton of work to do to kind of reformat this focus on proper nutritional habits and proper exercise like i don't want to lift weights because i don't want to get bulky and it's like that's not the way it works like you're not gonna you could never get bulky even if you wanted to too. And it would take so much nutritional work. And so just like starting those conversations all over again with a whole new subset of people and impacting and influencing the you know positive health and growth development in adults. And the big thing for Lewis Center is going to be kids and teens. And when we start to meet some of the kids and teens, if you guys haven't spent any time around them, pay attention to the ones who have been in the program for a really long period of time. And look how incredible of people they are. And if like we can have a whole community of, you know, Lewis Center in Dublin and like we can do little little mini competitions, but get these kids around each other and get the coaches kind of, you know, these positive role models like Liz and Maria, get them around these kids more so that these kids can just have amazing, you know, positive role models and positive communication and self-talk and body image and confidence and all these things. And that's just going to really positively impact that community in Lewis Center. And That's like so that's the thing. So it hits for the trifecta for me. Right. So it's kind of an easy decision. So then, like, obviously, you have the logical end of things like, you know, is a good business decision? What's the building like? Like, what's the demographics and all these things? And so there's some other things. But from this perspective, this is why we knew we wanted to do this is this is going to help grow my happiness over the long run, and it's going to be a ton of stress and effort and energy and all these things. But that's in the if you can look and see what it could be in the future. It's like, yeah, that's a happier version of myself with more positive relationships and more freedom and really impacting multiple communities now. And when we achieve that, when that happens, I'm going to be happier. It would be really easy for me to say, you know, I'm pretty happy right now. You know, I have a lot of freedom, a lot of good relationships, and I'm pretty positively impacting our community. I'm pretty happy. Like I am good enough. It'd be easy to say that. But why? If, If I feel like if I get content, if I don't have that growth mindset, if I don't think, hey, I could be better, hey, we could be doing more, I could have more good relationships, I could have more of a positive impact in our community. Like, why wouldn't we aspire to that? And if you guys are getting to that point where you're getting comfortable and you're getting content, then you have to start looking inward about what is your next step going to be to more happiness and how are you going to achieve that? And what are your values that underlie it? And I hope that you guys can spend some time this week thinking about what are maybe your big three for happiness. And, you know, go deep, peel the layers back, right? Like, don't be afraid to write some of this stuff down. Like, I just did a 45-minute podcast talking about mine. But don't be afraid to peel back some of those layers. Like, I could say I want to be more free, but peel back the layers on what that actually looks like. I could say, hey, I want more relationships, but peel the layers back, right? What does a good relationship look like to you? Like, I told you with mine, it's no obligations and just love and happiness and just, you know, not wanting for anything like I don't want friends who I feel like I owe. I don't want friends who I feel like I constantly have to like look over my shoulder and worry about what they're going to say behind my back. I don't have time for that. That's a waste. Right. I want friends who I know are going to love me if I don't talk to them for a year, and are going to impose no obligations. But when we do get a chance to hang out and see each other, we smile, we laugh, we have a great time. It's like I'm going up to New York City to see Tom. Can't wait next week, and and we'll just fall right into it. You know, it'd be good, good old times. So, uh, so really looking forward to that stuff. But I hope that you guys can take some time and peel back those layers. And if you guys have ever said or recently said, you know, hey, like I want to lose fifteen pounds. Or, you know, I'm not happy in my marriage. Like I don't have more of a, mar- like I don't have a better marriage, like peel back the layers. Like what is, what is it actually, you know, why do you actually want to lose 15 pounds? Like what, it, what is it? Right. There's sometimes when we start diving into this stuff with people, sometimes it's five, six, seven, eight layers down, you know, and it comes back to maybe wanting to to be a positive role model. Cause you're worried about your kid's health. Right. And sometimes that's the first answer we get. And, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Like that's a pretty, that's a pretty good why, in my opinion, you know, is there anything more, is there anything with your happiness that you want out of that? Or if you're a positive role model for your kid and your kid starts eating healthy and exercising and loving it and, you know, wanting to come to the gym with you, like that's just a win. You're going to be happy automatically. Cause if so, like, that's awesome. I think we can achieve that. Right. But sometimes we go deeper, 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 and it gets challenging. And it's really hard if the people haven't thought about it beforehand. So wrap up here, long one today, but we're going to get together with Andy on Thursday for our part two of the friendship pyramid and the nutrition piece. And so if you guys are looking forward to that, look for that probably on Friday morning, and we will uh, pop that out and looking forward to having that discussion with him on Thursday. And hopefully that puts you guys into the weekend with, you know, some good nutritional habits as we get closer and closer to football season. Thanks guys. I appreciate it.